Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special recording of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marchlina. Joining me, as always, when we talk about lacrosse is Dairyfield AD and boys head coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are we doing? Doing great, y'all. I'm not sure too many of our listeners are going to be thinking lacrosse over the next two days with the uh, <laughs> temperatures that they are, but uh, here we are. We're back at we it. Are. Yeah, hopefully, um, well, hopefully the sounds of our voices and, and, and the content we're giving them will keep them warm inside. Well, they uh, they hopefully aren't freezing to death. <laughs> first game, first game of the season last night. Uh, Emery Riddle and Flagler, they were out there playing. Yeah, so oh, we got man. it done. Although it was in Florida, so that that helps. But lacrosse yeah. is upon us. Uh, we'll, we'll get more into it later. But there there are games this weekend. Oh, thank 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 God. Still time to get your bets in at DraftKings, Joe. I, hey, wait, wait. I thought were we allowed to talk about that? <laughs> I, I maybe that'll be at the end. We'll share. I'll share my bets at the end there. Uh, well, while we won't be recording a weekly show for a little while now, you can still send us feedback or questions for the start of the spring season by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow the site on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and, uh, and maybe someday I'll figure out how to use TikTok, and you can follow us there too, uh, at nhhsports on all of those social medias. And uh, I want to mention too that we're recording, uh, if we sound different this week, it's because we're actually recording in person. That's not uh, your voice in the background singing? That is not me singing in the background, no. Um, we are recording at uh, Rockingham Brewing Country over in... <laughs> country. Let's try that again. Rockingham Brewing Company in, uh, in Derry. Lots of great stuff going on here. They got a bunch of different things that you can try. A uh, co- couple of snacks that we're, uh, we're enjoying ourselves. And, um, it's, been yeah. a great venue. it's been a great venue for so far. Highly yeah. recommend it. Um, if you if you haven't had the opportunity to do it, get out of here. Were you able very, to find it? You found it okay? Very easy off the highway. Very convenient. Um, yeah. A lot of expansion going on in Derry, actually, as there I drove is, through. There is, yeah. There. Yeah, I heard they, they're supposed to be putting in, I think, a new exit a little bit further up that takes you almost like straight into into Broadway. Yeah. It's uh, it's the this this part of New Hampshire, you know, it's the place to be. You look at Derry, London Derry. They're expanding quite a bit. Commuter town of Boston now. <laughs> All right. Well, um, the other thing I want to mention, too, is as we get a little bit closer to the start of the season, um, you know, like I said, in a couple of weeks, we'll be starting up the show on a regular basis. So we're looking actually at uh, March 16th as when the first weekly podcasts are going to start back up. And and for most of the year, it'll be every Thursday. Uh, There'll be a couple changes in there as we adjust for playoff schedules and, and maybe game schedules. But for the most part, We'll be posting a new episode every Thursday, recording it every Wednesday, posting it every Thursday. Um, and if you would like to sponsor the show, uh, we are certainly love to have new sponsors on. Um, you know, being a sponsor for the podcast not only helps us to continue to do the podcast, you know, it helps out with everything else at nhhighschoolsports.com as well. Joe, any thoughts on uh, coverage this season? Any subscription? Any uh, you know? Is it still time for people to uh, to get in on subscriptions oh, for the website? There is always time to get in on a, on subscriptions to the website. Um, I've been kind of. I think the last few times um, I've, I've maybe gotten a little too ahead of myself and uh, started putting out the lacrosse memberships a little bit too early. So I'm going to probably wait until we're into March to kind of really push that out there, but. You know, if you go to the site now, you want to get a jump on that. Um, you can sign up for the lacrosse membership. Um, I, I've adjusted it a little bit so that your your fee for that um, not just gives you access to the lacrosse coverage from the last couple of years, it gives you coverage to everything on the site. So basically you're getting a yearly membership along with um, the yearbook that 
that will come out <laughs> eventually. <laughs> um, you know, and, and also a few other things um, that I'll be putting together. Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, but let's say since we're in Derry right now, let's say I'm, I'm, I'm from Derry and, and my kids go to Pinkerton. If I, if I get a group, if myself and a group of other Derry parents get together and we all sign up for the website, does that mean I get to see Joe a little bit more at, at Pinkerton Games? Absolutely. I mean, the more people that sign up from a certain school, the more, I don't want to say, I hate to say incentive, but I, I, I cover, more you know, I, I try to cover... Yeah the people that have signed up for memberships. You, you want know? to take yes. care you want to take care of the people that exactly. are exactly yeah, you know, and, and some if that means, you know, I'm I'm at a lot of Pinkerton games, a lot of BG games, a lot of Dairy Field games, that's because those are, are the people that have signed up. So yeah, if you, you wanna um, you know, wanna see me at a game, that's probably the best way to guarantee it. I mean there are other factors that go into it too sometimes, you know, I'll I'll look at you know matchups, matchups game of the week. location um, you know, it's certainly much easier for me to go to games in southern New Hampshire than it is, you know, up in in uh, in the Mount, you know, White Mountains and all but that. But hey, man, but we get twenty people from Kennett to sign up. You are in. <laughs> You're going to North Conway every uh, week. Might might need a little more than twenty, but yeah, well, well, it's certainly on the table. Uh, there's nothing that's not on the table at this point. Bottom line: Let's get those memberships up. Let's help Joe out, and let's get the lacrosse covered in New Hampshire this spring. Memberships and sponsors—that's uh, those are the two keys. But um, all right. So, what do we got? What are we in what, here? What do we for? got what, well, in well, February? What are we doing right now? Well, the first thing I wanted to bring up, um, and of course, it looks like I closed the uh, the page that I had open. Um, but I wanted to bring up you—you uh, you are, are quite the world traveler these days. Um, you recently went to Scotland. What were you doing in Scotland? Well, Joe, that continues my, uh, I, I did not, so when I was in college, a lot of my friends got to travel abroad. Um, you know, they, they do, they'd go to Australia or they'd go over to London or different places, right, as part, as, the, as part of their major, as part of their program. You know, playing lacrosse, I just didn't feel like I had the time to give those things up. And uh, I've been lucky enough since, uh, since I got out. Um, I met uh, Matt Bagley, who was a class of... Uh, uh, 1997 out of Derryfield, and he lives over in London now and he became the England head coach I got to work with him when he was coaching Team England then we uh, we worked together with Team Germany um, which was near and dear to my heart having a, a German ancestry background and now he's taken over the Scotland men's national team and so I'm working with him there uh, I run the box for them I do riding and clearing I work with the goalies um, we do a lot of stuff remotely but as part of it, we make a commitment as a coaching staff that um, anybody who is based in the States has to come over a minimum of three times for each tour. So there's the European tour every two, where they go to the European championships every two years. And then on the other two years, there's the world championships. So we're in the world championship cycle right now. Uh, world championships are going to be in San Diego this summer. So we'll be traveling out there. Uh, June 18th through, the, through July 1st. Ooh, ooh just after uh, when you started to say June, I was like, uh-oh. We made it work. Uh, yeah, no, it all yeah. it all works out. It all works out. We'll be going. We'll be going from hopefully a deep playoff run to uh, to out out to sunny sunny San Diego at that point. Um, you know, and so it, it's been an amazing experience. Um, I I highly recommend. I tell all the kids that I coach now: if you don't know what you're doing the year after college, look for opportunities. There's a lot of opportunities in England, Australia to go abroad and, and study and continue playing lacrosse and teach and giving back to the game, and. Um, that that's been that's why I've stuck with it through three different three different national teams. Um, the opportunity to expand my professional development as a lacrosse coach, meeting other coaches, 
um, but as well as try out new ideas, right? I can, I can go over there and I get to try out new rides and clears, new offenses, new defenses, things that then I can bring back to my team in the spring. Um, that and I just, I think it's a really cool opportunity to go and, and see some places around the world that I've never seen before. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably the coolest thing to me is like, I, you know, just, you know, not, not I don't have a, I don't have a bucket list of places I got to go before I die. But certainly the UK and, and, and Scotland being a part of that is definitely one of those that I would not I as a as a, uh, a history buff, a, a, a history major in college that there's some a lot of stuff over there that I would love to go see. I will tell you, I definitely want to get back over there. Um, unfortunately, due to my schedule, I've had to go over in the winter each time. And even in the winter, it's beautiful there. Um, you know, everything, it's, like, incredibly green. I mean, obviously, it rains a lot over there, so <laughs> it should be. But, like, and, you know, that is the joke, right? When it's, uh, there's two types of weather in Scotland, either raining or preparing for rain, right? And so it's, like, or about to rain, right? And, um, but that's true. But, like, when it's not raining, it is the most beautiful place you've ever been. Sounds a lot like Pittsburgh, actually. And I, I went to There's school a lot there, of places so I in feel, New England. Like I feel that. like, yeah, I feel like, uh, well, I, I, you know, I going to going to, to, to college in, in Western PA. You know, at the time, I, I imagine it still is. It was the second rainiest region in the in the United States outside of Seattle. So I feel like I would fit well in Scotland. Like I could deal with that. It you you would, and and also um, the time I was over there, we I mean, it was basically like we were in a hurricane on Saturday. <laughs> There are some highlands, and right across um, the Isle of Arran was right across from us. There's a uh, world-famous whiskey distillery right over there, and but the mountains over there, you can see they're all snow-capped the next morning. Sunday was picture-perfect. It was beautiful blue sky. Couldn't have asked for better weather. We were outside, and um, but yeah, it, that's I will say the the Scotland guys they are they are hardy, they are gritty, um, but you kind of got you kind of got to be in that type of weather. Wow. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, I think it ties in nicely to what we were going to talk about here. Those Scotland guys, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it in the fall. They were they right. They were here, here. Yeah, right. For a little, we called it a Boston tour, but really it was sort of a Manchester, New Hampshire <laughs> yeah. tour. We were based. We practiced at Derry Field, um, and then we played games every day against uh, New England area teams. We played Riviere. We played Bentley. We played St. A's. We went up to Dartmouth. Dart, yeah. um, these guys, every day, they played five straight days. Um, and basically, people were like, what are you doing? That's crazy. But that's the way the world championships are. So we wanted, even though the teams we were playing, they were well-rested, we wanted our guys to kind of see what it was like to play, you know, back to back to back to back and what your legs were going to be like and what they needed to prepare. Um, we're putting these guys through an incredible test right now, uh, you know, really asking them, to be in top physical condition come June because that's what they're going to need to be able to compete out there. Yeah, that that sounds incredible. And I, I yeah, we, we did talk about um, amongst ourselves about those games in the fall, and I w wish it had been. We had grand plans, but right, football right. season got in well, the way. Football, field hockey, yeah, the, the, the high school sports kind of took over for a little bit there. Well, they, they always do. Um, but, yeah, they, uh, but definitely something um, – to keep my eye out for in the future and i will say you know you, you said blue sky came out in the winter in scotland so sounds like scotland is at least a little bit different than pittsburgh <laughs> i don't remember any blue sky being there in the well uh, you remember i grew up in syracuse too it's not so, much yeah you know, it's not much different not, not that than, much, not much different. different than syracuse you just had to see where where we maybe have gotten rain 
you were probably getting a foot of snow. We were getting a foot of snow, and I, I'm telling you, until I moved out here, I had no idea what's like, oh, there, there is such a thing as seasonal depression. <laughs> like, now I go home, and I'm like, oh, this is not what it's supposed to be like. No. There is blue sky. <laughs> um, well, there was something that I wanted to talk about um, that we kind of mentioned when we did this in January. Uh, at that time, I don't know if you remember, we had just seen that the NHIA had updated the uh, playoffs for girls lacrosse. Uh, you know, that, that they had finally expanded, um, you know, for the longest time it had been eight teams in each division. Well, now there were 19 teams, I think, in Division Three, 18 teams in Division Two, eight wasn't enough. So they finally adjusted it to the 70% rule. You add playoff teams um, in each division, but you also add a playoff round. And we had talked, I think, you know, when were they going to schedule those rounds for? Was it going to overlap with the boys? Were the girls' finals going to now overlap with the boys' finals? Were they going to overlap with other things? Well, we got at least a little bit of an answer. You know, the NHIA has posted dates. They're working dates, so they're not set in stone yet. And the good news is that the girls' finals don't overlap with the boys' finals. They don't overlap with the semifinals. They overlap with each other. And it's still, like... I guess it's a better scenario than, than what I might have thought, but I'm still frustrated by it. But and you can't be in three places at one time. I can't be in three places at one time. And and I think, you know, someone might say to me, oh, well, you know, what do you want, what do you want them to do? Well, you know, I had asked in past years um, of the NHIAA, you know, why can't you hold all three girls' finals at the same place? Well, there's not enough time. Or it, 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 it conflicts with this. But for the second year in a row, the boys' finals are on a Sunday. You could have had the girls' finals on Saturday at the same place, made the semifinals that Tuesday. Right now, the finals are still on Tuesday of that week. Again, 7 o'clock in three different places. And, you know, it's it's the kind of thing that I, I, I necessarily understand why other people don't understand why I'm frustrated by it. But I'll try to explain it as best as I can. When I go to things a lot of times, like we're talking about coverage, right? I, I hear from a lot of people, you know, it's like, hey, you know, the union leader used to be here all the time. The Telegraph used to be here all the time. You know, the Portsmouth Herald used to be here all the time. They're not here anymore. Well, that's true. The, every, the paper, you know, staffs and newspapers are shrinking. I certainly haven't had much help, you know, on that side of things for myself. They have to pick and choose what, have to what pick the and readers right. are going to, what the cover, what their coverage is going to read, right? And so they're they're so, picking the places that are probably they're picking the teams that are probably going to get them maximum coverage, especially right. when they're in three different places. And and that's that's unfortunate because then it then leaves you know whoever's Somebody in the D3 final isn't yeah. yeah. The D3 final doesn't get covered. The D3 semifinals don't get covered. You know, maybe D4 the, softball the D3 doesn't get covered. D3 is the one to me that looking on the girls' side is going to is going to suffer the most. It's up in Laconia and there's no Laconia is a great spot. It's a great great place to host a final, but it's going to be hard when you have a choice of, of, from a media perspective and a lot of the media being centralized in Manchester or Nashua or wherever. Bill Ball Stadium or Cello Stadium versus Laconia. Like it, it's a hard it's a hard sell to send somebody all the way up to, you know, Laconia, especially when it could be, you know, I'm trying to think of who, you know, what if it, what if let's it's Kearsarge? It's Bowen and, Hopkinson and, again last, like know, it was last exactly. year, you know? Yep. Like, let's say it's, it's, it's those two teams. Now, I mean, You're going to get the Concord Monitor. The Concord Monitor will be there. Um, maybe the Union Leader will be there. I will not be there because, you know, I can tell you right now on February 2nd, February 3rd, as everyone's listening to this, 
chances are very good I will be at Exeter for the Division One final. Just because that's where, again, we're going back to, to, sure. to readership, membership. There are more people that sign up for my site from those schools than there are Division Three. Well, even now, it's even more. I mean, not to get too into the nitty-gritty, but now with Portsmouth moving up, now you've consolidated even even more the powers of, like, where you would draw where, the right, leadership, right? right. Seacoast social media or Seacoast media in general may be drawn. We're assuming that Portsmouth <laughs> is going to be there, but, right. like, you know, They'll you know least, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they, they have a very good shot at being there. And and I guess it's I guess that's just my thing is is – People are upset that things aren't getting coverage as much. Well, part of that is is we're not getting any help. Like, there's only so much we can do. Or here's your worst case scenario. What if it's a, a Portsmouth final, right? They're in the finals. St. Thomas makes the finals for D2. Or no, I'm sorry. Winnicott ma- yeah, makes Winnicott the finals for D2. Yeah. And St. Thomas makes the finals what is, for yeah, D3. What is, what what is, the, what is there that are going to do? Yeah. I, you you got to pick one or you got to hope you can find someone that's available. Yeah. To go cover them, but I, that's my that's my rant for the day, or at least for for while we're recording the podcast. Um, I, God, everyone knows I probably had other rants uh, earlier today, um, but you know, just I just wanted to throw it out there. So yeah, on, the, on one on, on one end, my biggest fear wasn't met. On the other side of that, it still isn't perfect. It never is going to be perfect, but we could try to get at least maybe get a little bit closer to that. That's yeah, hopefully hopefully soon. All right. Well, the real reason we were we were coming in to do this today is we wanted to go over do a little bit of a uh, a college preview um, of New Hampshire players and teams. Uh, you know, we, we, we did we, we started kind of doing this what during twenty twenty or or was it twenty twenty one? Uh, I think um, it was 2020. I think we were doing we it during COVID. We talked a little COVID. bit about COVID. I mean, yeah. we basically were saying that you know, in terms of college sports, you know, in in New Hampshire. Um, you know, the sport that's that's helping to put out the most number of kids playing in college right now, especially at a high level, is lacrosse in New Hampshire, right? And so um, I think today we want, kind of wanted to take a look at, you know, not only Division One but but two and three, kind of preview some of the local teams around here, uh, talk about some of the kids that are playing for those teams, as well as look at, at the preseason top 20 and, and some, of the ki- some of the kids we have playing in the top 20 um, in Division One for both boys and girls. Yeah, um, I, I mean the, the the response that we've gotten when we've done this, I feel like has been pretty good. I think people are, are, are pretty appreciative of, of keeping tabs on on some of these um, kids when they go off to college. I will say, uh, you know, I was going through. I don't know how how you felt going through some of these rosters, trying to find where kids are now. But I was going through some of them, and every time I'm looking, and, you know, and I, and I had this kid marked here last year. They transferred, you know, they graduated, whatever. And I'm thinking to myself the whole time, I'm like, man, there's got, there should be like a database for all this. And then I, and then I thought, wait a minute, I'm that database. You're part of that database. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so hopefully we can maybe, maybe we can post a list somewhere of kids and, and I don't, I don't know. Well, that uh, might be, might be wishful thinking, but we'll see what we you can do. You might need more membership sponsors you might, for yeah, that. Yeah. Have a, have a dedicated person for that. Um, but anyway, yeah. Do you want to do you want to give a rundown yeah, of the, I mean, uh, the so guys' the, top twenty? On the boys' side, you know, we'll start with the top ten because I think I think it's pretty cool. We've got in the top ten, we got four guys. So right now, Maryland was the preseason number one. You got Virginia coming in at two. And Joe, I don't know how you feel. I actually, I mean, I think I think you got to give Maryland the preseason. But I like I really like Virginia. Um, 
Tommy McNeil, who I don't know a lot of, he, he didn't play for Wyndham. He grew up in Wyndham and then went to New Hampton. He's there right now. Uh, you got Georgetown coming in at three. You've got Cornell um, with uh, former Bishop Girton standout Ben Abladian, who was at Bryant before that, talking about transfers. Transfer, right? yeah. He's there now. I, you know, I don't see him not making an impact this season. Right. He, you know, he should be he should be filling in there. Um, Notre Dame at number five, and then sitting at number six, you have Princeton, who was a you know Final Four team last year, close to making the finals. Sean Cameron there, you know, as a as a freshman. Um, you know, had a really good season. Looks to be, you know, arguably, you know, a real impact player this season. Might be making a push for the for first line midfield. Um, definitely going to be an impact player this year. Yeah, he was a guy that um, I think he might have been what, what maybe their second midi line last year, and and I feel like their first their first line was just out there so much. I mean, he he made the most of his opportunities for sure. Um, so hopefully that gets him a little bit more time this year. Um, and you know, just just what an what a exciting experience too to to you know. How, They're a had, sneaky good team. Many, when, I, yeah. when you and I yes. grew up, Princeton was like Princeton in the in the early '90s. Throughout, actually, throughout the '90s, they were like that. They were that team that rose up out of the Ivies that you know kind of took down the establishment. They beat Syracuse, you know, and it's it's kind of cool to see them getting back up there and getting a little getting a little hype and. I mean, they are a sneaky good team just outside the top five that, you know, they, they could they could be there at the end this year. I, and I feel like they were a team last year that, that everyone was surprised by throughout the year. Like, they kept reaching bench and was like, oh, look at how they did here. Look at And it never really, I don't know, sunk in until they made the, you know, until the tournament maybe started that they were, that this was a legit, you know, a, a fi- legit Final Four team and they proved that they were. So that's going to be, that's going to be fun to follow Sean this season. Um, you got Duke and you know traditional power Duke in seventh. You've got another Ivy, Yale, and then Penn in eight and nine, and then you got Rutgers sitting at number ten. And anybody who knows Rutgers, Brian Cameron, who had a nice career in North Carolina, has been there. He went there, transferred last year as a senior, doing another this year as a grad. Um, and you know Brian looks to lead. Um, they did lose some good players, but man, they've been playing well. Um, they've looked good in scrimmages. Um, they're a team again. Could make it. Could make another Final Four weekend run. When I when I looked probably about a month ago at a, a certain website's, uh, I guess preseason predictions, uh, R- Rutgers and Princeton had identical odds on to uh, to win a national championship. They were both down a little bit, maybe like seventh or eighth uh, amongst teams, but they were in the same ballpark in but terms of a, odds. But not bad teams to take a flyer on. I, that if you were, you know, they're. There may have been some of us at this table that were inclined to do so. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, but I mean, certainly, certainly want to support the local guys. So uh, yeah. a little, little extra rooting interest, you know. Absolutely. It'll be fun on the weekends to see both those guys. <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be in a lot of primetime games this season. They'll, you'll be able to catch them on ESPN a few times this year. Um, you know, and then looking down the list, um, there'll be a name rounding out the top 20 in the preseason poll is North Carolina. And North Carolina got a huge transfer boost uh, from Andrew Geppert to kind of bolster their defense this year. Uh, Andrew was at Brown before this, had a really good career at Brown doing his graduate work uh, at North Carolina there. Um, you know, he was an, uh, a standout at St. Thomas Aquinas before that. And, um, you know, I, I, think, I think he's going to really make a difference for them on defense this year for North Carolina. 
Oh, that's the. Uh, I'm sorry. Did we get to the? the <laughs> well, I mean, so other team, other other teams of interest in the in the top uh, in the top twenty. You know, locally here, uh, Harvard and Brown are both in the top twenty uh, preseason here. So you know, they'll they'll be teams if you want to get you know if you're looking for games locally to go see. Um, I mean, what is that? Now I'm counting. So Cornell, Princeton, Yale, Penn. There's four. Harvard, Brown, six, six wow, Ivies wow. in the in the top twenty. There, you know, there was a time where people where people were questioning whether or not the Ivies were still going to be relevant, right? With with the rise of some of the some of these bigger school, you know, some of the bigger, more traditional schools, um, you know, the Big Ten, ACC, places like that, rising up. There's a you know, is there a place for Ivies anymore? I I think there's always going to be, you know, until unless there's like big money, like football and basketball come in. Who doesn't want an Ivy League education, right? right? You're going right. to set yourself up for life. So, you know, as long as those schools continue to, you know, pump out scholarships and, and give kids opportunities, I think they yeah. are going to be and, relevant. And now with, with um, the name, image, likeness opportunities, too, yeah. I mean, you can get that anywhere. You know, it doesn't have to be at a, at a you know, a school like Duke or, or North Carolina or Rutgers. Well, it, you know, it's, it's amazing that it took this long to get here, but we wrote down beforehand, this is the first time that I think since you and I have been around that, uh, that Syracuse when and John Hopkins. When you been around, you mean alive, right? Alive. Not just <laughs> yes, alive. Um, <laughs> not trying to date ourselves right now, Joe, but uh, it, it is definitely the first time in my lifetime that Syracuse and John Hopkins have both been outside the top, top 20, top 25 coming into the season, which I, growing up, that was unthinkable. Like the, yeah. the two, two of the premier programs, two of the blue bloods of lacrosse, to start outside the top twenty, top twenty-five to start the season, it just it was unfathomable. Yeah, uh, times are changing. They are, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's, I mean, not the worst thing. It's you know, not the worst thing. I, I will say, I do like kind of like football with like traditional powers. I do think lacrosse is better when some of those, you know, the traditional powers are there. But what it means is that more kids are having opportunities to play. You're, you're seeing the game grow around the country, which is what we've wanted for a long time. And, and therefore, it means that there's more good ta- – it places more of an emphasis on coaching, player development, things like that. And, and now with the transfer portal and everything else, it, it's, uh, it's a brand-new world. And um, more teams are going to have opportunities to break into that top 25. And I, you know, I guess that's a good moment to, to maybe say uh, we're going to try to hit on as many – local you know players as we can uh here but we're probably gonna miss we're gonna miss a lot uh if we don't you know we don't mention you we don't it's not because we forgot about you it's not because we overlooked you it's it's really we just there are a lot of names out there to try to track a lot of programs uh there's also some schools that haven't updated their rosters yet for this year which is kind of hard to believe like you said games have already started um, that's pretty frustrating. I will tell you, uh, looking at that, the Nescacks are the worst right now. They they do not update. Should, they, all of Division three, like I don't, all of Division I think three I found like is one pretty or two right D three schools that yeah. that had updated their rosters. Um, so I guess that's my long way of saying our apologies up front. If you feel like we we forgot you, we didn't. If we don't mention you, or or you're out there and you're listening, and we realize we don't mention someone, please let us know. We'll and we'll, we'll do our best to get we'll, into yeah, the season. We we'll got a long it season. Yeah. We got it's a long spring. It's February. The, the but um, I think what we're going to do, we're going to start. We're going to start on the D one side, and we're going to take a look at. Uh, I think we picked out three schools that we wanted to look at. We're going to look at UMass, uh, UMass Lowell. We were going to look at Merrimack, and we were going to look at Bryant as having, uh, you know, one having local ties, and two having a lot of New Hampshire players on their on their teams this year. 
sounds good. And looking at the, the, the UMass Lowell roster, I mean, I already see a couple guys on here that, that jump out that I have certainly have good memories of from their high school days. You know, Dakota Clark, who was a, a standout at Bedford. Uh, Riley Lawhorn, uh, four-year player over at Sowhegan. Very good for the, for the Sabres. Um, who else on that roster? Well, you, I, you can't say Curtis Red from there if you want to yeah. if you want to go back to the Sauhegan they were they were a dynamic duo when they were both at Sauhegan there um the other guy that jumped out to me was Cody Stevens um yeah. I don't remember if you I'm not sure you were covering this game but I remember an epic battle in uh in in 2019 uh between Derryfield and Wyndham where basically I'm sorry 2018 Cody was a terror on defense like that kid we we won that game by one he was going to go coast to coast with the ball at the end of the game there and we got a lucky check on him. Dislodged the ball. That kid would. He was a. He was a man child out there playing. And um, you know, so they they've got him there. Uh, another player on defense, Henry Detola, who was a standout at STA before he went up to Kimball Union. He's playing for them. Um, little little Division Three flavor, Charlie Caton from uh, from Pelham. He's there there right now. UMass Lowell is one of these programs that's done a great job of identifying talent locally within the new england area and not trying to kind of like overreach right like a lot of one of a lot of these d1 programs they come in and they try they want to try and compete with the big boys right away right and they go after these top end recruits that they they, they're not going to get right it's identifying guys that are really good but at the same time like not good enough to maybe play at a virginia yet right and you know when I feel like UMass Lowell, even though last year they had a really rough year, they went 2-11 last year, they're poised to make big improvements this year. They're bringing in the right guys, and they're keeping a lot of the, the good local guys home. Um, they're in the America East, which has gone, you know, we're, we're going to talk about a bunch of schools here, you know, Merrimack and Bryant, that, like, that, that conference has been reshaped with, with the NEC, um, you know, disbanding, and those teams finding a new home. UMass Lowell has a great opportunity this year to make some waves. You know, I want to go back to, to Cody Stevens there because as, as you can see here, I've got the, uh, the UMass Lowell roster pulled up on my laptop here. And they, uh, like most schools, they've got little headshots with all the players. And I scrolled by Cody Stevens and I saw the name. I almost didn't recognize the, fi- the, the his picture there. Where did the hair go? Where did the hair go? <laughs> That's, I know, right? He had the flow. He had yeah. The flow. Oh, he yeah. Had, yeah. 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 Um, so. The jawline is still there. Oh, it's still, yeah. I mean, it's definitely him. But but yeah, just uh, just kind of. I mean, where you look good, Cody. We're not trying to we're not trying to knock that. But but it was just shocking to not see the hair. That uh, and the other, you know, I, I love seeing Dakota still staying with it. Dakota's been around for a long time. Was at UMass before. Um, you know, is is given back as he over the years he's come back to the community here and helped coach the the youth. Um, love to see him still playing and. Um, you know, I, I think for them to have success this season, he's going to have to be a big part of that. Had 21 goals last year, uh, or I'm sorry, um, that's his career. Uh, 21 goals in 23 games at UMass. So, so yeah, yeah. Uh, who else was on your list? Merrimack was up there, um, not just locally, but with local guys. Yep. So, you know, Merrimack is a team that, you know, a couple years ago when they made that jump from Division Two to Division One, people were questioning, like, was that a smart move? Can they do this? Can they compete? Can they continue to recruit and attract people? And I don't know how many people know this, but, like, when you move from Division Two up to Division One, you're also on this sort of, like, I almost call it a probation, right? You, you can't make playoffs. You can't go to the NCAAs. 
it's almost like I can understand that if you were going down, but to hamstring a program to go up like that, you're yeah, now that's, having, that's weird. It is right because you're basically you have to recruit for a few years. No, those kids have to come in knowing that hey, we have no shot to go to the NCAs. Yeah. We cannot possibly do this, even if we win our league, right? So, um, you know, Coach Morgan and his staff have done a great job of of bringing in again local talent. And, and guys that want to compete. You know, it, Merrimack, kind of like UMass Lowell, like Bryant, they're, they have a blue-collar feel to them. They're going to be, you know, it's New England weather. They need guys that want to – they're a little bit gritty, right, and they want to, they want to compete. They want to play – they're going to play hard day after day. Um, and they, they've identified some good local talent to do that. Um, early season scrimmages, Drew Haley has shown up a lot out of um, – out of Bishop Girton, he was a Salem resident there. Dad coaching out at Oyster River, he's been a big part of that. Um, another name you might recognize from Bishop Girton, Brennan McGinnis. Um, he, he's been a he's been a staple for them out there on the field. They went six and six last year. They had three losses by two goals or less. They're going to be a program that you know can they can they get past those tight games like that and then make that jump where they can compete for for a league title like that but they won a lot of games that they shouldn't have won last year or or were close games but they also lost some of those close yeah games right too. yeah a guy that's going to help them get past that henry vote right exeter goalie um phenomenal career and now he now he he took over at some point and was basically you know he's been their guy since then i mean i don't think anyone would call it a stretch if i were to say he might be I always hate to say, "Oh, this is the best I've ever seen." If I were if I were putting together a New Hampshire, you know, we we did the the all decade team in 2020, right, for the website. If we were doing the second decade, I, I mean, he'd certainly be at the top of my list to put in there as as goalie. You were at the Dairyfield Exeter game in 2019, I, I, and <laughs> and I still have nightmares from that kid. Like, I mean, he robbed us several times, lost a one goal game to them, phenomenal game, and uh, you know, he I have. Tremendous amount of respect for him. He is a game changer that, you know, perhaps maybe they don't win some of those close games last year. Maybe those one-goal losses aren't <laughs> one-goal losses <laughs> they, without him They would there, have been right? six, six or seven-goal Yeah, exactly. Losses, yeah. You um, know, you, well, I want to I go back. You, the thing you, you mentioned, too, about, you know, that, that just doesn't make sense moving up and getting penalized. But I feel like when you announce it, too, you kind of get a little a – little, um, you get dinged too. I, you know, I feel like when you announce you're moving up, sometimes your conference, you know, maybe says, okay, well, you're not eligible for our, our playoffs anymore, or you're not going to be our conference champion. So yeah, it's it's a difficult move, and and I feel like it does. It, it's thankfully at least happening more. So maybe that's something that it's it's going to get changed because so many teams I think have been do- not just in lacrosse, but but in in a lot of sports, a lot of schools. Yeah, I I think. I think you should. Be, if anything, you should be rewarded. That that definitely should not be a penalty. I mean, I get, I get if you're going down. Even sometimes, you know, even going down. Like I look at the situation that's happening with with Hartford right now, right? Hartford, longtime Division One program, um, you know, dropping dropping down. You know, they're they're. It's not like they're dropping down because they have a stacked roster that, that that's <laughs> then gonna. A lot of those kids left. left they're gonna yeah, have a, right, they're gonna have right. a hard time competing, right? So then you're gonna hamstring them as well. Like you know. Uh, it should be about growing lacrosse right now and not, not yeah. putting those. I, I get every sport is different, and maybe that's why those rules are in place because that, that could be happening in other sports. But 
there should be more flexibility. It would, yeah, in it would be nice that. if you could look at it more on a case by case basis rather than just arbitrarily saying this or that. You know, it's kind of, you know, it, it, it's why you don't see anybody get um, something like the death penalty anymore. And God, not that, I'm not saying that there are programs that should, but there are definitely programs that probably weren't punished for certain things as much as they should have because of what happened, you know, back in the what the 80s. Um, but yeah, were you a big we SM? Got, were you a big I SMU? Not, I was not. I, you know what? I probably didn't even know what SMU was. Uh, it it probably I thought probably thought it was some some kind of weird slang for Sesame Street uh, back then. Um, but anyway, sorry, we we kind of got sidetracked here. To finish <laughs> up, uh, you know, Merrimack Merrimack also has some guys that keep your eye on over the next couple of years. Some freshmen, some freshmen, some juniors, some sophomores. Drew Flurry. Out of out of Nashua South, right? Yeah, he he's there now as a freshman attackman. Uh, Matt Craney, sophomore, he was a Bishop Girton defenseman. Uh, Jack Parker, kid who had a, he played a couple of years at Portsmouth, went up to uh, went up to Holderness, and now he's there as a freshman midfielder. Manchild, he's going to make some noise there eventually. Uh, and then Wyatt Carr is a junior on defense out of Exeter, he's there as well. So Merrimack, a team that. You know, I, I think they, they could make some noise in the America East this year. They're they're um, they're poised to uh, to possibly make a jump and make a run there. And then the uh, the team that I, I feel like we talked a lot about two years ago when we were really starting to dig into this friend of the program, uh, Bryant. Uh, I, I felt like they had a ton of kids coming in from New Hampshire, still do on both the men's and the women's side. Um, the roster looks a little bit different this year. Certainly some of those kids are still around. Um, I think they'll be getting a, a, an influx of a few more after this year from, from the Granite State. Um, but, but who still stands out on that roster to you? Um, well, I would say I, the, the biggest one that, that stands out to me that uh, is Mason Druin. Um, he has got, well, Mason Druin and Nate Liberty. I can't, you know, they, it's kind of like, you know, both Pinkerton guys. Mason to me is a guy that like is going to make a huge big. He had so he had a big impact last year. Um, did some really good things. He's a game changer in terms like his shot on the run. He has the he has the ability. His change of direction. Um, he has different angle. His, his release points. Um, he's a really good player for them. And then as we said, Nate. You know, Nate his freshman year was cut short due to injury. Um, you know, he's a difference maker at the X. And in these games, again, another team that had a lot of close games. You know, in the Division One level, the talent is so good that a guy like Nate can make a difference, right? If you're winning faceoffs, if uh, if you're able to get more possessions than the other team, you're gonna you're gonna have a good shot to win those games. And Nate's one of those guys that can do it. So two guys from Pinkerton right there, Mason and Nate. Oh, I will. I was just gonna. Who are you gonna mention next? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I w- I was gonna get. I, I don't know. There's two ways we could go with it. We could stick with the face-off route, or we Let's could go with the face-off group because okay. I wanted I wanted to point out what their stacking roster has. Ta- stacking yeah. talent, right? Yeah. Now. Well, their roster has Nate uh, Liberty uh, as a midfielder. You, that's you a misprint. Up, that's you, definitely a misprint. <laughs> you scroll I up saw a little that. bit. I did see that earlier. And then there's one uh, a freshman there uh, by the name of JJ Murphy who's listed as a face-off. That some of uh, us might remember. That what? That some of oh, us some might of us, remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but I mean, I mean those are the two faceoff guys you know that we know of listed on the roster. Uh, I mean that's you know when you have your practices, what your faceoff guys usually go off and work together for a large portion. I, 
those practices might be uh, might be something that hopefully someone's recording and 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 getting that video out just to that to watch that's got to be a lot of fun. And those are two guys that work together. They, there's a nice group of faceoff guys here that are that are working together in the fall. Nate and JJ were home over the holiday season here, and they were working with guys locally here. Um, again, two guys that I love because they they give back and they want to see the game grow and they want to help other guys here grow. Um, and then finally, uh, you know, Spencer Clark, um, you know, arguably one of the most dynamic players that we had a couple of years ago in New Hampshire out of Exeter there at midfield. You know, I, I would expect Spencer to, to make a big jump this year, too, and, and be a contributor for them. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think that would be a surprise to anybody that watched him play in high school. I mean, he was a what I think a three sport athlete, right? definitely two sport athlete in high school. Uh, you know, not overwhelming in stature, 5'10", no. 180 pounds, but like lightning quick again change of direction uh very similar body type and build to mason you know that you know both two guys that like sneaky quick again you know change of direction all those things so yeah. um bryant again a team kind of similar to merrimack where about 500 they went eight and seven last year uh they lost in the nec semifinals to hobart you know um all these teams are pretty close, so that's really goaltending and faceoffs, right? That you got to have both. So, and we've identified some guys on both Merrimack and Bryant that can get the job done for them. All right, what about uh, what about a little more locally? Um, you know, if we look down at the uh, at the Division Two level, I mean, of course, you've got Southern New Hampshire, Saint A's in in Manchester. Um, you know, what what are, what are they? I mean, I feel like I feel like at times you look at Snooze roster and it's sometimes a best of the best of, of New Hampshire lacrosse. High yeah, school we lacrosse. used to we used to joke all the time that that Keene was Pinkerton Pinkerton West, right? And and yeah. now it seems like it's shifted that that Southern New Hampshire has gotten a lot of those guys. And it's not only Pinkerton, but they're keeping a lot of local guys home. Uh, it's a team that I got to see firsthand. They were the first team that when Scotland came over here, we played them in the opening scrimmages. Um, you know, last year they went seven and six. It was a weird season for them. They started one and four. They went on a six-game winning streak in the NE10, and then um, you know they they were pretty hot at the end of the season. You know, and I think if they can keep that momentum going this year, they'll they they've got an opportunity. Like you know, we'll talk about St. Ansel and Bentley in a minute. They're kind of in that group that's fighting to get up to the Adelphi Lemoyne level. Adelphi, I think, coming in this season is getting a lot of hype. A lot of team, a lot of people have picked them to win the NE10. People are a little bit down on Lemoyne right now, but you, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't count Lemoyne out. They, they, they've got talent and they're always there. And Southern New Hampshire is going to be a team that that's going to go after them. Um, you know, I mean, God, there is there. I don't even know where to begin. I just there kind of so I got many, thir- thirteen guys on Snooze roster from I, from New Hampshire. I believe you are correct. I, I went down there. Um, you know, just looking at Pinkerton alone, you've got uh, Jackson Morissette, who's a sophomore, who's a midfielder there. Um, you've got uh, Gianna Mara, who arguably is going to be one of the he'll, – he'll be vying to be one of the top face-off guys in the NE10 Cap- this captain year. Captain for them this year, too. Captain for yeah. them, senior. Uh, you got Ryan Osier, again, senior, transferred from Bryant. That's a nice pickup right there. Yeah. I mean, you know, having – I mean, Ryan, Ryan – I remember you covered him a lot. He had incredible vision. His hands were soft. Yeah. Like, he just always yeah. seemed to be able to get just enough separation. It was a, to, a great to shot, to, too. Yeah. Great shot yeah. and, and good finisher. Um, so, you know, he, he'll be a good player. Chris Valentine, he's a graduate. Uh, fifth year this year, playing on attack for them. So you're going to have good good chemistry right there. 
Uh, and then you have Alex Sturgis as one of their one of their goaltenders there, um, also as a graduate this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you want if you want to catch up on a, a lot of uh, you know guys where they are, I guess that's probably the place to go watch is is Snoo. You know, you mentioned you mentioned trying to be a Lemoyne, and it reminded me too. There's a, a local connection there where you've got uh, former former Timberlane standout defenseman um, Billy Savage uh, out at Lemoyne, and um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. They they had a pretty successful year last year as well. Um, but why am I drawing a blank on how far they made it? Were they in the championship game, D2 championship game last year? They were. They were. Um, and if you want to continue on the Timberlane, you know, yeah. he, could be, he could be Cody Fleming, was, who's a junior, who's Snow, a junior yes. at SNU right now. They'll be going up against each other there, depending on whether or not, you know, does Billy play LSM for him? Does he play close? Billy was a guy that I think last year got some minutes, but needed you know he's get, needed some exposure right. to the game. Yeah, right. And you know I think he's he's definitely someone that if Lemoyne's gonna you know make it continue to make their run, he'll be up there with them this year. Yeah. Uh, you know we also mentioned uh, uh, Saint A's or any any other any other guys to kind of keep an eye on at um, this year. I mean absolutely. I mean I'm interested to see a guy I coached a lot uh freshman Hunter Day playing on defense for them. Right. You know, can he get in the lineup eventually there? Um you know, I we we talked about Kenneth earlier, Trevor Reluso, Reluso uh from up from up there playing midfields uh for them. You know, there, there's a lot of guys that, you know, if you were if you are interested in seeing uh some good local across the spring uh, I would get over to SNHU. They've, they've got a good schedule, and they've got a lot of guys um, from New Hampshire here that, that are playing for them. Yeah. How about at um, How about at St. A's? What are What are we looking at? Uh, I, I feel like they're usually a little bit lighter on the on the local guys, but but still usually a few that you can uh, you can highlight on on their roster. Yeah, they've got a couple. I mean, um, you know, just uh, from the from the D two side, a name that a lot of guys might remember, Hayden Marshall. A uh, kid that helped, you know, Coach Ruppy uh, start to really build up the the Oyster River program. He's there now as a freshman attackman. Um, uh, Kyle Fisher, who was at uh, LSM, who was at, at uh, Bishop Girton, and then uh, Jonathan Holland, uh, standout defenseman for Pinkerton, there enters his sophomore year for them there as well. And then uh, Ben Ben Genest, uh, defensive midfielder from Salem, uh, is there. They're a team I, I like them a lot. They went ten and six last year. Um, again, another team that like they made the NE10 playoffs. They actually made the NCAA's as they in D2 they've expanded the playoffs, so more teams are getting in. But they earned it last year. They were a very good team. They did have a really bizarre loss during this. Like they lost to Franklin Pierce in overtime during the season. Franklin Pierce had a nice season last year, but this was a high scoring team. It was a team that maybe needed uh, a little more defensive focus last year. But, again, another team that's, like, fighting. Can they get over the hump against Adelphi and Lemoyne? But they're there. They're doing a great job of recruiting. Uh, another team I just noticed as we were talking about that hasn't fully updated their roster yet on uh, on their website. So let's get on that. <laughs> um, yeah, and you mentioned Franklin Pierce, too. Um, you know, their, their program or, you know, they're a school in general. I feel like every time I turn around, there's another New Hampshire kid, you know, committing, you know, with with football signing day having been this this past Wednesday, you seeing a bunch of kids um, locally going out there. I know there's been a lot of uh, you know a lot of girls going out there as well to play lacrosse, guys too. 
They, they've done a great job. I mean, uh, I believe two two Winnicunic kids, uh, Caleb White and Antonio Francioso, I think they're both both headed out there this fall. Um, they've got several guys, like, like you said, they, they've been doing a good job of recruiting locally, and they're maximizing their talent. They were in quite a few games last year. I I know, so they beat uh, they beat St. A's, and I believe they gave uh, SNHU a scare last year too. I, I think I want to say it was a one goal game with SNHU, and maybe even um, Bentley. I think had a close game with them as well. Yeah, definitely seen a, a couple guys, uh, local guys on the roster here. Um, you know, we were talking about some of those um, Sauhegan standouts, and um, guy from going even way way further back, uh, Joe Nutting on their 2023 roster as a grad student um you know interesting to see what what he's able to to do uh, a couple of pinkerton guys and 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 cormick and, and owen uh, connor excuse me connor and, and owen mccormick um you know and then and then a couple other guys from uh you know around the state aid miller was at merrimack valley nathan taylor from timberlane curtis nelson from guilford in years past, when Coach Senator was there, he did a great job of kind of identifying guys that, you know, had the ability to kind of, like we talked about, maybe play at a Division One level, but then would get there and kind of realize, eh, you know, maybe this isn't what I thought it would be. I want to go. I want to play someplace a little bit more local. I want to get some time right away. And, you know, you, you kind of talked about like an Owen McCormack, right? Like guys that had the ability to play at a really high level, um, but chose to, they chose D2 because they wanted to play and they, they wanted to show off what they could do against some really good teams right away. And um, so Franklin Pierce, another local team that's uh, poised to, again, be in the thick of things in, in, in the NE10. Any other uh, any anything else from the the men's side of things that you want to uh, want to point out or anybody you want to well, highlight? I think I think to wrap up Division Two before we, before we start either getting into the girls game or or talking about Division Three, you know Bentley again not not in New Hampshire but local enough and they they're a program that I like to highlight because they they really take a close look at at a lot of New Hampshire kids. Uh, Coach Murphy's been great to us over the years. Um, he's got a bunch of bunch of guys down there for them. Again, another team that was kind of in the thick of things in, in uh, the NE10 last year. They were eight and six. Um, you know, they had they they had good wins over over St. A's Pace and Snoo, and then you know trying to trying to trying to catch up with with Adelphi and Lemoyne. I was really impressed with them in the fall. Um, well organized, really well coached, good athletes up and down the field. Um, Local guys, Nick McGovern, who's a sophomore there out of Bow. He played at Bishop Girton. Um, Hunter Smith, sophomore attackman out of Londonderry. Uh, Johnny Drew uh, from, from Bedford. He's there right now as a junior midfielder. Um, and then arguably one of the best players in, uh, in Division Two last year, Alex Ryan, who easily could have been player of the year last year, prolific scorer. He's a guy that's got a chance to, to play for them. They got him listed as a midfielder right now. Might might be, you know, he was he was sneaky quick, change of direction. Maybe as he puts on more size in his career, maybe he gets back to attack. But I, yeah, I can that see that. Yeah, that would be interesting, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, you know, I, two guys that they, they'd be really angry if, if, I didn't, if I didn't mention them. Uh, Jacob Skolton, who was a def- standout defenseman for me at Derry Field. And then uh, Nate Dudley is a freshman attackman there played three years for me before going up to Holderness, they're there. So Bentley, another program that uh, tapping into the local market here for lacrosse guys. So Joe, I think, you know, as we, as we finish up division one and division two, 
Um, do you want to transition and, and talk a little uh, girls division one and, and division two on yeah. the college side? Yeah, it's a little. I mean, a little bit different than I think with the guys. Um, I feel like a lot of the a lot of the girls are a little bit more spread out in terms of, of where teams are. You know, there's not certainly some kids that are playing on on teams that are in the top ten or top twenty five. You know, we'll, I'll just give a quick rundown of the top ten on the women's side. You got North Carolina at number one, Maryland two, BC three. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how, you know, BC, of course, had probably one of the best-known women's lacrosse players of the last 10 years in Charlotte North. She's obviously uh, graduated, moved on. It's curious to see how, if they're able to stay up there. Um, well, apparently the point. coaches think they are. Yeah, certainly. Um, four, you got Northwestern. Five, Syracuse. How about, you well, go. Before you go on from that, how about how about Deion Sanders? How about Deion Sanders <laughs> making a, making an appearance at the at the practice the other day? Was for them I when they, not, I did not when they went out to when they went out to Colorado? Yeah. He made he made an appearance at their at their practice when they were out in Boulder. <laughs> well, Colorado, I believe, coming in a little bit later in the poll uh, too. Um, there you go. There's your Syracuse. Syracuse number five on the on the women's side. Uh, Stony Brook at six. Florida seven. Rutgers eight. Denver nine. And then Loyola is at ten. Uh, at eleven is where we have our first, um, you know, local player uh, is is Maddie McCorkle from Hanover, who's who's playing for Duke. I believe she's a junior this year. Twelve, you got James Madison. Thirteen, uh, Virginia, where uh, where uh, BG standout Katie Campbell uh, is a freshman this year. Another f- uh, uh, former BG standout who's also a freshman at fourteen, Stanford. Riley Bouvier is there, uh, playing with the Cardinal this year. At 15, you got Princeton, 16, Notre Dame, 17, Michigan, 18, USC, 19 is Jacksonville, where former Nashua South uh, star Olivia Johnson is at, Um, 20, Johns Hopkins, 21, Yale, 22, Richmond, 23, UMass Amherst, 24, there is uh, UConn, where uh, Ray Ray Neal from Exeter uh, is still playing with the Huskies, and then at number 25, you got Colorado. Uh, so that's the uh, that's the top ten. Or I excuse mean, me, the that's top an impressive list for our that's an impressive list for our girls. That yeah. that many girls playing yeah. in the top twenty five right now. Um, you know, and then you look, uh, um, you know, as we did with the guys, kind of focusing on maybe the programs that had the most local kids in Division One. I, I think, you know, obviously you've got UNH uh, with the women's program. Um, you know, they've got a nice collection of, of former New Hampshire standouts. Um, you know, some of them have been there for, for a little while now. Uh, Danny Martineau, who was a, a goalie at Pinkerton, um, still with the, the Wildcats. Mackenzie McEckern from Bedford, and then two former Sauhegan standouts in, in Izzy Aiello and uh, Abby Hawks, uh, both playing with with UNH still. And then the other team is, um, as we mentioned, I think when we were talking about the boys' program or men's program, is, is Bryant. Bryant's, there's really become a little bit of a pipeline, it feels like, from New Hampshire to Bryant. You know, you've got two juniors on that team locally, Lily Osier from Pinkerton and, and Chamberlain Bell from uh, Bedford, and then uh, a couple of um, sophomores and, and Amelia Piercy from BG and uh, and Brooke Chandler from, from St. Thomas. Um, you know, so so a nice, maybe that's a, a, on the women's side, a program to keep an eye on. Uh, if you want to follow some local kids, um, Bryant's... Uh, a lot of reasons to, find to, uh, to follow Bryant lacrosse yeah. This, yeah. this spring. Uh, you know, at the uh, at the D two level, um, you know, SNU, another team like like with the men, uh, the the women seem to have a, a, a plethora of uh, of local players. Um, you know, led I think this year probably 
you've got a, a, a good, I guess, senior slash grad student class. Uh, Catherine Durhock from Londonderry, Madison Prednut Pinkerton, uh, Tegan McInnes from BG, and, and Jocelyn Terrio from, uh, from Campbell. Or excuse me, uh, Sydney Todd from BG and Jocelyn Terrio from Campbell. Um, you know, at, at SNU still this year. Tegan McInnes as well. Madison Keating, uh, both sophomores with with the uh, the Penman, um, and then Shelby Cole from from Guilford, a, a junior for them this year. Um, you know, the other you know talking about pipelines too. I feel like there's another one in Division Two that um, I didn't didn't mention to you before we start, I'm gonna kind of throw at you. And of course, now I gotta find it on my sheet here because I hit the wrong button. Um, down in Florida, the, uh, the the Flagler program, I feel has become quite a quite a bit of a pipeline. You get a couple girls there this year in-, in uh, You're putting me on the spot. I just saw somebody on social media. One of our girls just committed there uh, today. Nat- Natalie Washington from, from Londonderry. Yeah. She's committed there. I feel like there's a couple others um, that are in, in either the 23 or 24 class. Uh, it looks like a beautiful campus. It does, yeah. And and from what I've you know talking to some of the girls that are, are you know going down there, the the coaching staff they feel really good about. Um, Madison and Caroline Daziel from Pinkerton are both down there. Eva Stein from Sauhegan and another Pinkerton girl, Liz Fournier, uh, is also also playing with Flagler right now. And um, you know another one I look at in Division Two as well is uh, is Stonehill. Um, they've got a nice connection there of New Hampshire players, um, most notably. Um, Abby Ahern, uh, oh, scroll down here. Sorry, <laughs> Abby Ahern and Natalie Kutu from uh, from BG, both at Stonehill. Uh, another uh, girl, uh, girl Nashua, Nashua ties Liz Harrington, who is a standout at South there as well. Uh, Caroline Leone from Londonderry, uh, Grace Murphy, who is uh, from Kearsarge, who played at Holderness. Uh, Emily Lapia from Exeter and uh, Addie Trevathan from Bow. All, uh, all with Stonehill this year. So, nice little mix there. Um, yeah, definitely trying to, uh, again, uh, getting into some of these uh, smaller division teams, it's a little bit tougher, you know, trying to keep track of everybody. But, uh, it's amazing, Joe. Like, I, I'm really proud of, you know, what I've been involved in on the boys' side with, with travel lacrosse and, and getting, you know, our, our, our guys placed in different schools. But, the work that that's happening on the girls' side right now is incredibly impressive. I mean, especially at the D1 level, but you look all the way down D2, D3. There, it it is. Uh, New Hampshire is a hotbed for girls lacrosse right now. There's a lot of really good players, yeah, and, yeah. and coaches are taking notice. You know, and and with that though, I will say when I've been looking over the 24s as they've all started to commit here. You know, if you go back and look at at, at the previous class, 22, 21, there's a lot of girls players who were early commits there you know yeah. like, like that that early period beginning of september you know they've been they've been um verbaling looking at this year it's a lot more guys that have been the early early commits um just kind of an interesting interesting to me to see how our, that kind of well goes. i know from from my program i'm obviously affiliated with the tomahawks our 24 program has had a lot of a lot of success this fall a lot of those guys and there's still more that are going to come off the board too there um i, I will i will agree with you on that yeah our, our boys have had in the 24 class have had some really good success yeah you know i want to mention um two other uh division one players as well uh before we wrap up uh, to maybe keep an eye on this year. I'm not, you know, I'm not, not saying I'm an insider or anything. You got to keep an eye. You know, this is this person's gonna have a big year, or whatever. You know, we were talking about. Um, I think earlier before we started, BU, uh, Boston University, 
surprisingly not as many guys going down there to play lacrosse. I think it's maybe the same a little bit on the women's side, except this year you've got um, Sauhegan standout L. Stevenson, who's going to be down there as a freshman this year. Remember her talking last year about how that was a program she wanted to go to because her coach, uh, McKinley Sbordon, was there um, coaching at Sauhegan now, played at BU, wanted to kind of follow in her footsteps. She's down there. And then probably uh, one of the more interesting ones, trying to build up, help build up a program, a new program at Clemson, is, uh, is Julian Bell uh, from Bedford uh, as a freshman down there at, at Clemson. Um, I, I'd go to Clemson in a second. That play, <laughs> I mean, I, if they ever got a boys program, they'd, they'd clean up down there. <laughs> I think you could probably say that about a lot of, a lot of places enough. that are, are lot adding, of adding women's programs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Any other, any other things you want to add before we kind of wrap up uh, for the, this, uh, this February podcast? Well, I mean, do we want to take a quick look? I, I think there's there would be three th- there'd be three places I want to take a look. There there's uh, two schools in uh, Riviere and Keene State on the boys side in Division Three, and then uh, I don't think I don't think we we'd be doing justice if we didn't give Coach Houlihan and, and UNH and their club program a little a little pub as well. Um, so what do you think? Should we we take a look at those programs real quick? Sure. What do you got? So on the Division Three on the Division Three side of things. Um, Riviere is a program that, man, over the last couple of years, they have really, really recruited well. They've gotten some guys to come in, uh, they stay locally here. They went fourteen and four last year. I don't, it, wow. I don't know that a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, knew that I, didn't, last I didn't year, know that. Right? Um, they are there in the GNAC. Uh, they played six. They had six one-goal wins last year. A lot of OT games. Um, for them, they got to get over the hump against LaSalle and Norwich, right? And, and I think they finally started to get the guys in there that they can do that with. A um, lot of local guys they got on defense. They've got Adam Haley, brother of Drew Haley, uh, played at Salem. Uh, they got stand, uh, standout attackman Joe O'Reilly from, from Hollis Brookline, who's there right now. Colby Mercier at, at midfield from, from Merrimack Valley. Um, Patrick Furtado, who was a standout defenseman from Wyndham. Chris Heitmiller, uh, again, arguably a, one of the best, you know, one of the top D1 um, midfielders for Bishop Girton at the time when he was there. Um, David Lee from, from Cole Brown. Ethan Todd, you know, the defense has a, has a real New Hampshire flavor out of Oyster River. Uh, Sawyer Hall, who is an incredible midi for Wyndham. Uh, Braden Bork from, from Pinkerton. The list goes on and on. I mean, they, they've got uh, just, they've done a really, really good job of um you know coach delanoy and coach osier have done a real good job of identifying local talent there yeah you you mentioned that 14 and 4 i had no idea that they had such a good year last year that's a uh, shame on me for, they had uh, a for really good year that. um one of their losses they did you know i think so they went 14 and 4 but i think they were they were disappointed they want to take that jump and transition into Keene state Early in the season last year, they lost 18 to seven to to Keene. So they, they were 14 and four, but they they want to get to another level. They get a chance early in the season this year for people looking for a good early season game. Uh, March 4th, they're at uh, Keene State is at Riviera, a chance for for Riviera to kind of show like, hey, we went 14 and four. We've taken an even bigger jump. We got more talent. Keene State went 12 and five last year. You know, so they they, they are a traditional team out of the Little East that usually wins the Little East. They had a setback last year. UMass Boston has risen up. They lost. Uh, they had two OT losses to UMass Boston last year. 
Um, but again, a team that uh, recruits locally, as we joked about earlier, they used to be they used to be Pinkerton West. Well, they've diversified a little bit now, and they've got guys from all over the state. Uh, name you might remember out of Winnicunit, Lou Granger. Uh, yeah, really good athlete, really good defenseman. I think he was an LSM for them while I he think, was there. I think so, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he's, it looks like he's playing close defense for them there now. Um, uh, Jeff Wiedenfeld, very good athlete out of out of Londonderry. He's a midfielder for them. Uh, Hayden Finnerty, uh, defenseman out of uh, it's his, he's he's doing his graduate year there out of Exeter. Um, you know, uh, Colby Quiet stand out for, okay, for Hopkinson, yeah, right? Yeah. Long, you know, longtime stud, Division three level offensive player of the year. Um, he's there now. And then there are uh, actually sticking with Hopkinson, Eli Standerford, the goalie from uh, for the last couple of years for them. He's there now too. Um, tons of and, and tons of uh, Keen High School kids as well are out there. So they've got a nice little local pipeline there for them. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I, uh, Eli, uh, probably the biggest goalie I've ever seen in terms of height wise. I think he might be the only guy I can remember who is taller, taller than the goal. Uh, I can't imagine trying to shoot on him. Uh, because it's got to be similar to what it's like shooting on a box goalie. Uh, there's just not a lot of space. To you got You got to shoot hard. You got to shoot fast, um, and you got to be fairly accurate. He takes up a ton of space, and um, you know, again, maybe a kid that's not going to play right away for them uh, might need a little time to adjust to that level. But uh, you know, good good pickup for them if you can keep keep him local, keep him home. You know, then I, I kind of wanted to wrap up with uh, Coach Houlihan and, and UNH. Um, up north up there you know that that's a team um, you know you can see them actually coming up next weekend they're going to host Maine in the NH Sports Dome and hooks it there interesting uh, so okay opportunity yeah five five o'clock uh out in the in the hooks at dome on February 11th there so good opportunity they've got a ton of local guys um I mean a lot of names you're going to recognize here from years past um just looking down the list here um as I go through here, they've got the uh, the Chase brothers out of Winnicunit. Um, they've got um, sorry, I'm blanking. I'm blanking here for a second. But uh, as I as I'm thinking, as I'm looking down there, Gavin O'Hara also out of out of Winnicunit. Brennan Pearl out of Concord. Um, coaches done a really nice job of of getting guys to come out um, that are local. But he's also if you look at go on their website right now. Um, a lot of their roster, it's pretty diverse. They've got guys coming from all over the place. Um, Colton Krasinski out of Bedford, he's still there right now. Um, so some really good local guys, and then they've done a really good job of, of uh, attracting some out-of-state talent. Most people don't know, the club, that, that MCLA that they play in, really, really good lacrosse. They're traveling all across the country this year. Um, and I give these guys a lot of credit too, because it's it is pay to play. You do it's not it's not funded by UNH. These guys are putting up their own money to go out there. I'm I'm trying to pull up their website, but I think you you said that, and everybody must be going to it right now because it's it's taking its sweet. There we go. And now, now I'm looking at it. Um, Ryan yeah, so Patton from Portsmouth. Yeah. He's out there right now. Yeah, I remember when we, you know we, yeah we had um, we had Coach Hulhan on last year. To discuss the program, and, and he, I remember him mentioning that that this, you know, th that they are uh, they play a big time brand of lacrosse. It's just again, we're you know schools that that don't have men's programs that can't have men's programs uh, at the moment. You know, they they are in this league, and and it's it's pretty competitive. We were kind of joking about the SEC a minute ago, right? 
They're going down. <laughs> they're going down to play Georgia and Ole Miss, right? Like that's it. You want to get at? They're going down February 18th and 19th to go down and play Georgia and Ole Miss. Hey, you want you want to go down to New England? I don't know. I played in Colgate. I'm playing. Uh, I got UMass coming in in uh, February to play, or I could be going down to play Georgia. I don't know. I, that's a pretty good. <laughs> I might take. Uh, I probably take Georgia. But uh, you know, you'll have other opportunities. They they um, their their local conference games. They're going to play Northeastern. They've got Buffalo, Boston College, Connecticut. Um, so there, there's opportunity. They they play Connecticut at home. Um, they they do go down to Northeastern, but that's an easy day trip. They've got Buffalo at home, and they've got Boston College at home this year no, too. I see no pit on their schedule this year. Are are they ducking my Panthers again? They might be. They might be. I think I think they're anticipating a national championship <laughs> matchup. They don't want to tip their hand yeah. too early. Uh, absolutely. Uh, well, all right. Yeah, uh, we'll have to keep an eye on them as well this year. Um, just there's just I feel like we we can never do the college scene justice because there's just so much going on so many moving parts so many people all over so glad we were able to get uh get today in and and, and talk about it a little bit um well yeah. if nothing else give some incentive for for people to get out and see some of the local teams here and support our support our local players um and see some really good lacrosse if you're, if you're getting that itch before the high school games start i mean we still got more than two months to go until the high school games actually start so you know, good good chance to get out and uh, and see some some lacrosse, yeah, some pretty good I'm lacrosse. Taking, uh, we're we're before the season starts up. We're taking uh, I'm taking my Dairyfield guys. We're going out to Syracuse. Uh, our alum, one of our alumni, plays out at Hobart. Max Horton. Uh, they're coming to the Dome on uh, March 25th. So we're going to get a good matchup and go see Syracuse and Hobart play. Each Very other. nice. Weather should be lovely. In the Dome, it'll be perfect. <laughs> Never a bad day in the Dome. All right, just don't open too many doors at the same time. <laughs> Uh, uh, any any final thoughts before we uh, we call it a night? No, I think it's just fun, Joe. It's it's always a good time to get together with you, and it's fun to start thinking about lacrosse again. Um, you know, as athletic director, I've been in the thick of skiing and basketball and right. swimming yeah. and all the winter sports right now. But it, it's going to be here before we know it. It is. Um, it's going to be freezing this weekend, and then I saw next week it's going to be fifty degrees. So you know, it's it's right around the corner. And, uh, you know, yeah, like you said, before, it's going to be here before I know it. So that means if you are interested in signing up for a membership, uh, don't hesitate. If you are interested in being a sponsor for the Ninth State Sports Show, and that goes not just for lacrosse. I, I know I, I said it last year that we were going to get a girls one going. It's going to happen this year, um, even if I just have to sit here for a half an hour and talk to myself about girls lacrosse. We will have a girls lacrosse podcast this, this spring looking to add at least one other one to kind of, you know, give a little bit more coverage to more spring sports. Um, we're going to be looking for sponsors for all of those. So, you know, if you're interested, if you've got a business, you've got something you want to promote, um, you know, please reach out, uh, nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Um, yeah, I think that'll, uh, that'll just about do it for us. Definitely want to thank uh, Rockingham Brewing Company for, letting us uh, camp out uh, for, for this show and uh, perhaps a few more after this one. We'll, we'll, uh, we have some, some maybe things to discuss about that uh, with them, but um, has certainly enjoyed the, uh, the time we've been here tonight and greatly appreciate us or appreciate them for letting us do this. And uh, thank you to you, Chris, for, for giving me the time and giving the, 
followers the time to uh, to talk some lacrosse. Absolutely, Joe, and, and I think any of the listeners that are still listening right now after the the rambling, this is a longer podcast than we're this usually. This is a very long to. one. Yeah, yeah, we had a lot to talk about. Well, we'll do it again. All right. He is Chris Hetler. I'm Joe Marcellina. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you uh, in mid-March.